You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Well, good morning, Real Life. How are you guys doing? I'm super proud of our church. Uh, thanks for being so vulnerable and so real. Um, I love the fact that we're, we're at a place here where this is not about the paid players. It's not about the people on the stage doing those things. Uh, we're all called to be servants of God in a mighty way. Lucas, thank you for doing announcements. And uh, I just appreciate the fact that I'm in a church with real people um, who who are afraid to are not afraid to be uncomfortable for God and for us to just seek him with our heart and soul. So I'm super proud of that. My name is Josh Gray, by the way. I get the privilege of being the lead servant here at this church. Uh, welcome to all of those of you online. So glad you're joining us from the comfort of your home. Um, I was watching a little bit this morning. I got here about well, pretty early this morning, and I was watching uh, Elevation Church, and I was watching their online service, and there was roughly 4,000 people watching online, and there was these comments that were just flowing. So feel free to engage if you're online. Connect with po- folks the best you can. There's emojis and other stuff that I don't really know how to do. Probably put the wrong one up there. But get engaged the best that you can uh, online. And so I'm um, just grateful that you would join us today. Uh, we're wrapping up our... Uh, sermon series on being unstuck. And there really wasn't a fourth week planned. Uh, and it just materialized. This original sermon series was going to be like this really powerful, awesome financial series. Um, and it turned into be this really powerful, awesome trust God series to me. And like learning how to trust God in all those things. And uh, we talked about survival. And we talked about what does it look like to survive in God's survival manual, the Bible. And we talked about the, the weight and the baggage. Paul talked about the weight and the baggage that you carry around and giving that over. And yes, we talked a tiny bit about finances. And then we talked about success. I just returned that toilet yesterday. Thank you, Habitat for Humanity. I forgot to return it to him. I'm walking in the Habitat for Humanity with this toilet. I'm just like, okay, all right. We talked about the National Toilet Day. It was November 19th. How many of you celebrated I bet you all celebrated. You just didn't know it. No. Um, so we celebrated, uh, we understand like, man, we're pretty successful. Like most of us have a toilet. We're pretty successful. Most of us aren't walking three or four hours to get some dirty water and a, and a dig for some dirty water. And so kind of understanding a perspective, we talked about perspective on success. And then last week we talked about significance and what does significance look like? And so this week was kind of a bonus week, and I was like, God, what do you want for our church? And the phrase that keep coming around was surrender, 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 surrender. So I talked about, like, what, what have I not surrendered to? It always starts, the sermons always start with me. I'm just getting raked. I'm like, by the time I get to today, I'm happy to hand it to you. I'm like, here, take this from me. And then there's another one the next week that keeps coming. And so, like, all right, Lord, what does surrender look like? You know, um, where, where am I not surrendered? And he showed me. Sitting in my office on Tuesday preparing for the sermon, and I just got up and started writing on the board. And I started writing on my board, and I was writing what I thought I heard that he was telling me. So I think about what have I not surrendered in my life? You know, here is your, your pastor guy. The, the pastor people have it all together. That is like the biggest lie. 
Um, they don't have it all together. The staff doesn't have it all together. The elders don't have it all together. And for certainly like, like it, it's a, it's a process. Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Guess what's happening? I'm being made. And God is making you as well. How moldable are you as a piece of clay? So surrender. God desires us to surrender to his will and his purpose for our lives. He wants you to surrender to his will and his purpose for your life. Now, why? Why does God want me to do something that feels pretty unnatural when I like to be in control and I like to make sure I got everything dialed in and I like to have all the I's and T's and uh, I want to be in control. I want to drive. You can be in the car somewhere. Remember that series? But he says, no, no, no. No, let me drive. And you're like, well, I'm not sure if you got this. I mean, the world does still rotate, but I don't know. My life's pretty complex. Like scientifically, it rotates like we're all here, right? Like I said this before, like God shuts off the gravity for like 20 seconds. It's not going to be good for us, right? So why? Why does he want you to surrender? Because it's better. His way is better. It's better for you. It's better for your spouse, or if you're not married, your future spouse. It's better for your relationship with your brothers and sisters. Like family. I don't have any family brothers and sisters, so I have adopted brothers and sisters. It's better for your children to have parents whose will is surrendered to God. It's better for your cousins. It's better for your parents. It's better for your grandparents as it was better for your great-grandparents. It's better for your neighbor. It's better for your neighborhood when your will is surrendered to God. Let me continue. It's better for your community. It's better for your county. It's better for the state that you live in. It's better for your country. Do you see how it's still better? Like as we, the more of us that are surrendering our will to God, the better it gets. Let me continue on. It's better for your, for your continent. It's better for your hemisphere. It's better for your world. And I was going to stop there, but I'm not. I think it's better for the solar system. I think it's better for the galaxy. Okay, I'll stop there. Did I make my point? Surrendering your will to God is better. Because he can guide you through the trials of life. He can guide you through those peaks and valleys. I had this, this vision of, of walking through and like, what does it mean to surrender? Like, I know how to do it. And you're just like chomping your way through there and there's like a bear trap here and you step in that and you're bleeding and you're dragging your leg and it's in the snow and it's gross. And then you keep going and you're stomping, stomping, stomping. And then you put your hand down. Oh, that was a spike. Oh, that hurt my hand. And all those things where God just wants to be like, hey, let me, uh, let me, let me walk with you. Let me, I'm kind of dancing. He wants to kind of dance with you. He wants to guide you. Have you ever danced with somebody that doesn't want to surrender their will? It's a rough, it's a rough go. I, I'm a great dancer by myself. I'm not so great with my wife. 
and work together to surrender. So sometimes we, now let me use a life group statement, sometimes I spend my life surrendering to the wrong thing or things. Sometimes I surrender my life to someone. And if they're not happy, then I can't be happy. And my whole life is about them. And it's about, okay, wow, eggshells. Are you okay? Like your whole life is spent. And guess what that is? That's codependency. That's a problem. When somebody becomes bigger than the creator. I have surrendered to food. I got, I got a little, uh, I was getting up this morning. I'm like, Lord, give me another analogy. Give me another example. And I put my Apple watch on and it was cool. And I looked at it and I was like, I don't know. Uh, I switched over the screen. Strength training. Josh, you burned 377 calories. Pretty excited. I looked at that and then it said, uh, Tuesday, September 15th is when you did that. I mean, let me give a shout out to my Anytime Fitness uh, membership and the money that I'm paying there. But like those guys, I mean, like they want me to be at the gym because they know if I'm at the gym and I'm involved, I'm going to love it. I'm going to like it. And they want me to be healthy. But I've been a member at Anytime Fitness, but I haven't been an attender. Right? But I got lots of excuses you don't understand. I don't have the, like, I got a list of excuses that I don't even believe. I'm busy. Yeah, I know. Craig Rochelle's pretty busy too. He seems to figure out a time to work out. Apparently, Stephen Furtick works out. That guy's jacked. But he's, he's probably not as busy as I am because, you know, I'm busy. And you know how you spell busy when, it, when you're doing it that way? It's L-A-Z-Y. It's a different kind of busy. People surrender to alcohol. They surrender to drugs, illegal and eagle, illegal. They surrender to stuff. You ever surrender to stuff? Your whole life is about creating and maintaining your stuff. I surrender to the image of what people uh, say or think we need to be. I was thinking about this today. I was like, what shirt am I going to wear? Because I have a lot of shirts. But like every time I look online, I'm like, oh, they saw me in that one. You know, like I probably shouldn't have 52 different shirts for you to see me in when I pre- I'm like, I wore that one like two, two months ago. Yep. I got a new shirt this morning though. It says all things new. I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But I, like, I surrendered to image. Maybe I should have a stylist. No, I'm too old to have a stylist. Nobody cares. Here's my style. I'm wearing red shoes today. All right, great style. So what are we surrendering to? Let me tell you about my best surrender. Uh, when, I, when I surrendered my life over to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that was a day. I truly felt the weight of who I was and what I was. I had been living a life unsurrendered to God. I was living for myself. I was, I was a pretty selfish dude. 
See, when you're living your life for you, even the things that you think aren't selfish are really selfish because they're to put you in a better spot. And so I acknowledge my need for a savior publicly. I've shared some of the stories with you. I was going to cut this out and my sermon club wouldn't let me do it because I was like, I'm I'm tired of my story. (laughs) I'm tired of my story. I don't want to say it. So I'll give you the miniature condensed version. Living with my girlfriend, sold my motorcycle, going to get rich in Amway. Went to this Amway conference. Amway's not bad at all. I'm super grateful. I learned so much. Uh, I went to this Amway conference in Southern California with my girlfriend. Yeah. Pretty excited about this hotel room, weekend conference in Southern California, 19 years old. And my sponsor was there and you got to go to the conference. And so I went to this conference and it was awesome. And we like ate out and the hotel was super cool and the pools were cool and the conference was cool. And there's rich guys and Ferraris and diamonds and big houses and Woo! I was like, that's me. That's what I want to do. And my sponsor was so stoked about Sunday. It's the best part. I was like, yeah, keep going. If you're excited about the best part, I was pretty excited about everything up to this. So we get there on Sunday, and it was weird. It was different, kind of. There was music playing, and this uh, lady was singing a song, and then the guy, the big guy comes out, and he comes out, and he does this thing called, he delivers a gospel message, which I will attempt to do. And he talks about this good news. And I was like, oh, church. I get it. I went to Catholic school. I understand. I feel guilty. No, no offense. I've, my, my in-laws are awesome Catholics. They love the Lord. They are super servants. But like just my experience was like, oh, I feel guilty. Don't clap your hands. Get slapped, slapped by the nuns. You know, so like that was my God experience. I knew there was a God, but I wouldn't. How many people in here know about God? Like, you're like, yeah, I know about him. Sure. You're, I, I, yes. I acknowledge him that he exists. But then there's something different what happens when you surrender your heart. See, we know about a lot of things. I know more about the Bible than I'll probably ever do. Well, where's the deep, like, just, just in-depth biblical teaching? Come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Let's try there. Should we try that? Well, I need to know about the in-depth, like, how about, how are you following Jesus? Loving your neighbor? Reading God's word? So I go to this, uh, this, this thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, get it. I'm sitting in the audience like this, and the guy's talking and doing his thing, and he does this altar call deal, and, like, some people come up to the front, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, good for them. Let's go. Let's go. I'm hungry, and my girlfriend, and I got a hotel. Let's go. And he goes on, and then he stops. I won't do this to us today, but he's, I don't think I have everybody. And I was like, oh, hurry up. Who's else supposed to go? Goodness, get up there. Hungry. And then something started to happen in my spirit. Something started to happen within me. And as he talked about the gospel message, about this good news, I'm like, this isn't, what are you talking about? Like, and it's like all of these weights just started to like, I was like, oh, 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 oh. And then he did this last altar call and I floated on up there. I was the last guy they were waiting for. I'm making the other guy mad. And I remember uh, visibly shaking and crying. My hands were sweaty and my nose was running. This doesn't have to be your salvation experience, uh, but this is mine. And I remember like something was released upon me. 
And so I decided that I was going to acknowledge God of my sin. So I acknowledged him. And it says here in Romans, it says that uh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's all of us. Now, nobody had to tell me I was a sinner. I already knew I was a sinner, and I didn't even care. I was sinning in just, just about every way you could think about it, I was sinning. But at the acknowledgement, like I felt it. I was like, ooh, that's heavy. Oh, my goodness. Like I, didn't, like I, I, could, I acknowledged it and like felt it instead of just like, eh. So I felt the weight of my sin. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. And that's where I was going. I was dying inside. And I was taking people with me. You know how to keep a crab in a bucket? Put two of them in there. They will drag each other down. But the gift of God, back up one, sorry, I didn't finish it. My fault, Joe. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, I don't have to feel this way. I don't have to be like this. So I was told that my sins, uh, these heavy weight could be lifted and there was hope for me and that God sees great potential in me. This was even before I knew I was Tov Mayod. I had to come here to find out I was Tov Mayod. You guys are like, what's Tov Mayod? See, it's how I know you're new. No, uh, Tov Mayod, right? You're very good. You were made very, when he made you, he was like, mm. I was like, really? You felt that way about me, God? I'm excited. So I was uh, told that I could, I was, I was made good. And then they told me on Romans 5, 8, they said this, but God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Does that get stale for anybody? Like sitting here, you're like, oh, okay, I know where he's going. I know where this is all going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, no, no. Jesus Christ died for us, for now, for today. For Chandler, my favorite baby. It's her second service here. He died for her. So that that little baby is going to walk, have the opportunity to lift whatever weight she just uses to carry and walk free. The gospel. I was excited about this. I was excited about what happened and I believed it. I was like, you know what? I believe it. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And so, uh, next scripture If you declare it with your mouth that Jesus was Lord and you believe it in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I was like, well, I need to be saved. So I was up there and I I confessed it with my mouth. And I believed it in my heart. And then it started to change me. It started to change me. And I started to be more aware of how I was sinning. I didn't stop sinning. (laughs) I haven't stopped sinning. I was a real peach this week. You can ask my wife. But you changed my heart. And there's, this is the freeing verse for me. Next verse says, there's no condemnation. For, therefore, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free 
from the law of sin and death. Now, Paul is writing to, uh, to this letter to Romans. He's writing to Jews and to Gentiles. He's writing to everybody. He's trying to give the full like, picture to everybody. So don't get me wrong. We still sin. But maybe we recognize it quicker. Maybe we start to soften our heart, soften our temper, soften how, how angry we could get and how quickly we get angered. And so we have victory because we chose to receive it. Next verse. Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation. This is like him describing what I talked about, why it's better to surrender. Like he, he just didn't stop, right? Height, depth, and anything, all creation. He's going to say the solar system probably. No. Uh, will be able to separate us. Nothing in all of creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't have to be separated from it. Do you know that somebody has been praying for you or they did pray for you? Somebody was on their knees, probably tears coming out of their eyes. They were praying for you specifically to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. How about this? Jesus Christ prayed for you. John 17 says, uh, my prayer is not for them alone. So he's talking about, my prayer isn't just for my disciples. He says, I pray also for those who, who will believe in me through their message. So that's you and me. What does he ask us to do? To believe in him. That all of them may be one. That we all should become one. Father, just as you and I are in me and I am in you, may these, uh, they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. How is the world going to know about Jesus Christ? Because there's going to be a dynamic pastor. It's going to lead everybody. There's a bunch of dynamic pastors leading today. But I don't know your, 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 uh, your coworker. You do. And people are watching. They're watching us. They're watching me. They're watching you. How are they living their life? Do they have hope? You know, we're going into this next season. Here's what we're going to do. Just give you a little preview. We got this thing called Advent coming. It starts next week. Can you believe it? We're in anticipation. It's the debut of Adam McKeldry preaching. I am in anticipation. No pressure. Don't be horrible. Everybody's watching. I have hope for you, Adam. No, he's an awesome teacher. You're going to love it. I'm excited for it. But we're going to talk about hope. And there's a scripture that talks about uh, give a reason for the hope that you have. Well, why do you have hope? Is everybody's world in here perfect? Everything's going perfect. No, 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 nothing, no problems? No, we got problems. But our hope is bigger than our problems. You could even say amen on that. So let's try that together. Say my hope is bigger than my problems. <laughs> right? My hope is bigger than my problems. You know, the need for us to surrender started in the garden. We were made very good. Tov me owed 
In Genesis 3, the fall, the serpent uh, says, God is holding out on you. Are you sure that tree's not awesome in the middle? That little doubt, right? God doesn't want you to be as smart as him. That's what Satan says. Lies that we're still fighting today. See, a life without God is wrapped up in anxiety. It's wrapped up in depression. Do I have enough? Worrying about the Almighty, what is next? Life without God has no rest. Think about that. Life without God has no rest. It has no true rest. I want you guys to pray with me together corporately. I want you to, 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 to just take some deep breaths and ask God to just search this room, to search our hearts, to search where we're at today. Close your eyes and just pray with me. Lord, sift our hearts today. There's people in here for a, on, on purpose for a purpose. This might be their designated day. So let's walk through this with fresh eyes. Everybody in the room, I don't care if you're an elder at this church, a staff member, I don't care if you've been a Christian for 30 or 40 years, walk through the eyes of, uh, of thinking about surrender with fresh eyes today. Ask yourself a question. As we enter the presence of God here and just ask him as his children, no more distractions. Lord, have I surrendered to you? Lord, do I need to truly surrender to you for the first time? Lord, show me. Where am I not surrendering to you? Reveal it to me. Lord, the text of Matthew 11. Come to me, Jesus says. All you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. There is no rest without surrender. Jesus goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. See, there's a real thing called hell. And you don't have to go to hell. Do you know that I think you can live in and out of hell today? I don't think it's some far off place. You can live in and out of hell. You can live in your own personal hell today. You can, you can choose to not surrender your will to God. I think hell can be experienced right now, and for some people it has been. See, hell is a separation between you and God, and your, between you and your creator. 
It has no rest. You don't have to leave here. You don't have to choose to leave here and enter your own personal living hell. Your Father in heaven wants you to rest in his arms. So what do I need to do, Josh? That's what we do in our Western world. What do I got to do to accomplish this? So mechanical. What are the steps? Step one is a choice. It's a choice for those of you that consider yourself saved. You've said a prayer. You've been baptized by immersion. But you still got to surrender every day, don't you? So whoever acknowledges me before others, Matthew 10 says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. So you got to acknowledge God. And then we, gotta get, then we get baptized. And when you baptize, you don't just get this fine t-shirt. When you get baptized, you're going to get one if you get baptized today. You didn't have to be registered. You could choose today to say, I'm going to acknowledge my Father in heaven. You could choose today. We got clothes. We got stuff for you. You could choose today to come up right after this service. You don't have to wait till our 11 o'clock official one. You could come up right after this service and choose to be baptized. Now, why would you choose to be baptized? Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men, right? Then he says, and later on, he says, Matthew 20, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So what I want you to do is go out and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're commanded to be baptized. And Mark 1, nine says, on the day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River and Jesus came up out of the water. He saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. Romans 6, 4, I'll skip down. Uh, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So if God's working on your heart, I'm not going to embarrass you. It would be worth it but I won't. But you're going to have a chance. If you want to come up to the side of the stage over here, we'll have somebody to pray with you. And if you're like, you know what? No, I've been playing the game. I have not surrendered my life. I have not acknowledged Jesus Christ before others. We're going to spend some time playing a little reflective song, and you're more than welcome to come up here. Now, that's for somebody who's brand new, who doesn't know Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. They're choosing today is their day that they're going to make a choice. Some of us have already been baptized. We've renounced our old ways that we see the world and we're trying to walk in a new way. Maybe we need to surrender in a new way. Maybe you're dying to an old set of values 
Baptism starts with a journey. It's an invitation and you're invited. But those of us that have been around, maybe you need to renew your, your vows. Doesn't mean that you need to get baptized again. But maybe you, re, you need to renew your vows with God. Renew the vows. It's like a wedding renewal, a vow renewal. Lord, I want to be, I want to surrender. I want to, I want to hear you again. I don't want to be stale. I don't want to be not fresh with you, Lord. This came to me this morning as I was going through in 1 Peter 3. It's talking about Noah and who was saved there. Then he says, uh, this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from your body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards the Lord. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and who is seated at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, powers, and all submission. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.